0: Welcome to the IoT 613 podcast, covering all aspects of the Internet of Things from Ottawa, Canada and beyond. My name is Robert Decker, Marketing Director at IoT 613, and I'm pleased to be your host for this podcast series. In today's episode, we speak with Dr. Helen Tong, Portfolio Manager, Wireless Cybersecurity at Defence Research and Development Canada and the Centre for Security Science. In her current role, Helen leads cybersecurity projects for critical infrastructure, including connected transportation, military communications and tactical wearables, connected medical devices, smart cities, and more. Dr. Helen Tong holds a PhD in electrical and computer engineering from Carleton University and is also an adjunct professor. So, hello Helen, I pleasure to speak with you today. Nice meeting you too, Robert. Can you tell me a bit about your background, where are you from, and what did you study?
1: Um, I came to Canada in 1996. That seems a very long time ago. <laughs> I came uh, from China. I finished my master's degree in computer engineering in China and then taught one year in university, uh, in a university in Beijing and then got full scholarship uh, from a Canadian university. That's uh, how I came with just two luggage and uh, here I am.
0: I think you went to Montreal to Concordia?
1: Yes, yes. Amazing. I started a few years there and then I got a job, so I kind of put my PhD in uh, Pulse and then I finished off my degree uh, at Carlton University, Department of uh, System and Computer Engineering in 2005.
0: Your career is quite impressive. You've moved through the ranks in the government and you've worked in the education system through research, science, and education. How have these experiences shaped your professional development?
1: I think this. Uh, my career is all um, connected. Uh, first, I have taught in university, all in this electrical, computer networks uh, engineering field. So I haven't go. Too much off the track if you go to put. Uh, so I had worked as uh, application engineer in a company in a high tech company in Montreal, and then during my after move to Can- uh, Ottawa as been Ottawa being a high tech center uh, you know, of Canada. There are lots of opportunities in high tech area. So during my uh, PhD years, I was also working full time at uh, local. Um, uh, High-tech company like Arcatel, SpaceBridge, and then Communication Research Centre. And before I graduate, I got a full-time job as defense as, uh, defense scientist at Defence Canada, which is a research agency of Department of National Defence.
0: Yeah. So you're currently working as a portfolio manager in the wireless cybersecurity space at the Defence Research and Development Canada. Can you tell us a couple of projects you're currently working on?
1: Sure. So after ten years as a defense scientist at the Defence R and D Canada in Ottawa, which I developed I work on uh, the special project in wireless uh, network security, like uh, for tactical applications, and then uh, this opportunity came up to manage a new project uh, within the Centre for Security Science, which is another center within the Defence R and D Canada. Canada. It doesn't only work for Department of National Defence but also uh, cater the public safety and security needs, so I got the chance to work with uh, Transport Canada, Health Canada in various uh, projects in uh, cybersecurity domain. So currently I'm uh, director of quite a few projects in cybersecurity for connected vehicles and uh, smart city. and um, so here I am, well, that's why I got invited here at the IoT 16, 1613.
0: Mm-hmm. So I just want to ask a little bit more about the projects you're working on. You mentioned that you're working on uh, cybersecurity for connected vehicles and smart cities. Can you give me an example of one of these projects, say for connected vehicles?
1: Sure, sure. So um, I don't know how much your audience know about connected vehicle. Um, Thomas vehicle. So to make sure, make cars talk to each other, they need to have certain communication protocol, right? So there's a, a DSRC protocol and then to make them secure communication because you don't want to receive the um, um, malicious uh, message from the bad guys, let's say. So you want to make sure the message is coming from, uh, a, let's say, so-called good uh, Good citizen, good cars. So, how to make sure they the security among the connected vehicle is a big challenge because you can imagine the cars are moving fast in the highway, and there there lack of central authority. It's not like a cell phone; each one is talking to the cellular power. Mm-hmm. While on the road, you it's peer to peer communication. So, and then the speed is very fast, and the message they exchanging is. In a very large volume. So, how to quickly authenticate those messages is really a very challenging uh, research question. So, I'm currently working on two projects with Transport Canada. One of them is to to develop a security communication system called SCMS for Canadian. meet Canadian requirement, I would say, because this protocol pro, pro, uh, system has already prototyped in the US, and we want to see how Canada can learn from those prototypes, those uh, leverage, those investment. So this is one project. Another one is recently, we awarded $970,000 uh, uh, to Transfer Canada and the cart. And um, recently, there's an article on to our business journal to describe this new story that um, Carton is doing some research in how to uh, detect the attacks to the um, connected vehicle and how to um, use blockchain to to secure those messages.
0: So it sounds like a lot of the work you're working on is the communication between devices whether it be transportation, infrastructure, do you, do you find yourself focusing on securing communication?
1: Yes, you would say that. Because all the IoT or smartness, or smart building or smart transportation, smart health care is nothing more than that. You provide uh, information through a connection communication network and then help you making decision, right? So the communication infrastructure Underline that is is the foundation of all those smartness.
0: Your your background is quite diverse. You're speaking at the IoT 6.3 conference tomorrow on the wearables day. Mm-hmm. Um, the title of your talk is Manets. Is my that yes. right? Yeah. M A N E T. It's the tactical wearables and mobile ad hoc networks. Can you tell us a bit about this presentation? Sure. So
1: this was uh, this talk will be based on some of my work, uh, some of our work. Uh, I've Done at DRDC uh, Ottawa, uh, we had worked with the integral Soldier System for the defense application. So, um, Manet is uh, a peer to peer network, mobile ad hoc networks. So, it's different from a cellular network, which you have a centralized tower, and each communication device uh, talk to the uh, centralized tower and then establish the communication that way. But in a mobile ad hoc network, it's peer-to-peer. So we don't have infrastructure. This type of uh, communication infrastructure is very suitable for tactical application, Well in a, a tactical environment, you may not always have the infrastructure exists. So soldier-to-soldier, when they want to talk, they use peer-to-peer communication protocol. So you could imagine that since you don't have the central uh, authority, then how to make sure the peer-to-peer communication is secure is a big question. So there are lots of research have done in this area to address peer-to-peer uh, communication security. For example, you could, they, they don't have the central key management, but if you can assign the key in a like threshold base, what that means, a few nodes can collaboratively. To be act as a security authority, for example.
0: And we're talking about devices communicating to each other, even in the field when yes. there is no um, communications network. Yes. So they would be providing their own network to communicate with each other as well.
1: Yes, yes. Actually, to if you don't know, each cell phone actually have two, nodes, one, uh, two modes to communicate. One is central, like talk to the tower but we can talk to peer-to-peer
0: as well. Mm-hmm. What are some examples of the types of wearables in the tactical field that you work with?
1: Okay, uh, so we had done uh, some trail, trial with Google Glass, for example, and then, of course, they always have some lots of sensors within the soldier's body.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like chemical, biological testing sensors?
1: Um, we haven't tested that, but definitely that's potential application. Mm-hmm. For our trial, uh, I think a few years ago, we done with the, the Google Glass that provide the situation awareness on the glass so soldier can be hands-free and get the situation awareness that way.
0: Yeah, to communicate information. Yes. So I understand there's some difficulties to secure uh, communications, and we've talked a bit about that. What are some of the potential solutions to address um, security concerns with peer-to-peer networks? potential solutions.
1: Yeah. Um, one of them I, I mentioned before is that the threshold uh, um, based uh, key management. So you, since you don't have a central key uh, store, so you, are, um, you you let a few nodes that act as a um, central authority. So if, for example, you have 10 nodes in the network, and you let uh, five uh, if it's five out of ten say that this note is trustworthy then you trust him so you, you define a threshold for, for example. example another algorithm is called consensus algorithm so if you have seen the school of fish or the birds, how they reach the consensus. It's a, a, com- how to say it? it's a um, complex algorithm, but that's the idea. So you reach consensus to trust the node or not, to reach that kind of conclusion.
0: I want to bring the questions back to more of a personal level about your career. You're currently the portfolio manager. Um, it's D&D, really, right? Yes. Where do you see your career going in the next five or 10 years? Can you even imagine where that might go?
1: Um, I really love my job right now because um, I get the chance to work with many partners. I view myself as a knowledge or innovation broker. What I meant is that uh, I utilize my technical background because I spent 10 years to doing the research in the wireless cybersecurity space. So I quite know, understand the technology solution and I have touched quite a bit about the defense uh, research problem. Now I I work with uh, other public safety and security partners like uh, Transport Canada, Health Canada, in uh, smart transportation or smart city uh, domain. So I get the chance to work with different partners, with university, with industry partner. Um, So I learned a lot from this job, and we manage a program called the Canadian Safety Security Program, which is a government funding opportunity to support any government led partnership to address some of the SNT challenges in public safety and security domain. I would see in 10 years, I still I'm still having lots of fun, and, and I feel I can contribute a lot to this uh, community. I found that in my daily dealing with the partners, I found sometimes the solution space, that the 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 provider, like a professor or industry startup, they probably doesn't know what's the requirement from the government or what are the pain points of CB, like Canadian Border Agency or Transport Canada. So I. Kind of act as a bridge to connect them, to help them find the matching, to find them find the, the uh, problems or solution. So I found that I'm very fulfilling in my role. So mm-hmm. I think I will continue working on this.
0: You know, you're, you're, you're the government of Canada and you're doing research and development on technology and the impacts in the field and to various industries. So you're working with private sector, universities other public sector departments and agencies yes. um, what do you think is missing in the whole sort of ecosystem of technological advancements do you think that there needs to be increased communication between partners or you know better reporting on different projects i mean what do you think is missing in, in your world of research and development
1: Okay, that's a very good question and also a very big question.
0: Yeah, I think
1: there's no uh, short answer for that, but uh, from my experience, as I mentioned, as I think there's often a disjoint between the problem space and then the solution space. If you, uh, if for example, if we government have a, or have a, some problem, when they look at the um, solution space, they they reach the university or industry they through call for proposal or there's a new program we are just launched last year last week by the Depen, uh, defense minister in Calgary it's called the Ideas program stand for innovation for defense excellence and the security program which is uh, $1.6 billion in the next 20 years to support uh, innovation in safety and de- security and defense area. So, if your audience interested, they can find out more information on the website. Just Google ideas DND, you will find more information. There will be six vehicles to. To facilitate the collaboration and innovation in Canada, like a a few is called for proposals or open call. Right now, there are 16 challenges listed on the website. If you're interested in any of the challenges, you can submit the proposal. And there are also research networks to facilitate the uh, Center for Excellence in certain areas that uh, we identify as. Priority, and then there is mobility program to sponsor people from industrial university to work in the government and vice versa. There's also sandbox program that to support uh, any test bed, uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of uh, um,
0: uh, idea generation and beyond. Yes. Yes. Sandboxing. Yeah. Yes. Um, this is a more general question about the cybersecurity industry, mm-hmm. but. Where do you see cybersecurity? Evo- how do you see cybersecurity evolving in the next few years?
1: Okay, that's another
0: question. But <laughs> that's my A big uh, ideas. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think
0: uh,
1: uh, often that uh, we see that security is coming as afterthoughts. It's like in the military or in other department, People normally first thing is make it work. Make it work first, security second. But the consequence of that approach is to have add-on security costs more and may not be that effect. So if we have embedded, like have the security by design, at the design stage, you have that thinking of um, cybersecurity in, in the design phase, so we call them security by design, then we'll save a lot in the long run. The second point I want to make is, you will never have 100% security because it's there's a saying that if you build 100 meter fence, there's always have 101 feet ladder, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a cat and mouse game. There's never be 100% cybersecurity unless you lock everything in a, in a cement.
0: Yes, don't connect it to the internet. Yes, yes. You
1: (laughs) won't want that. So, we can say we can reduce the risk or increase the system's resilience. So, if you are attacked, how you can rise up and then how you can build the redundancy. So, I think you have to change the philosophy a little bit that there will never be 100% security, but if we got attack, we can rebuild, we can
0: re-function. And processes in place to deal with it.
1: Yes. yes, yes.
0: I think it's interesting. What I'm, what I'm hearing is that the secure by design or implementing security concerns while you're designing a product or something maybe that's how the industry will shift over time, people will start to get more serious about that? Yes. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes, yes, definitely. And the new uh, budget, if you have heard, they are, will have a Canadian cyber institute, one single institute to be the focal point of the in the Canadian cybersecurity landscape.
0: Yeah, the federal government budget. Yes, yes,
1: just the reason.
0: That's amazing. So I really appreciate you chatting with me today, and I look forward to listening to your talk tomorrow on uh, tactical wearables. Thank Did you, you have sir. any final thoughts you want to add?
1: Uh, I oh I want to thank you for the opportunity to share with your audience, and also I really liked this conference. Because this it's local, and um, it's like homecoming for me. Like everywhere I go, I meet some people familiar face, and then it seems we share a lot of common interests and um, lots of common roots. And Then Ottawa is a very good high tech uh, city that there are lots of uh, talents, lots of ideas, lots of funding opportunities. So I really, really appreciate that the organizer of this conference put a lot of effort bring lots of people together and um, I wish you all the best.
0: Thank you very much.